Well, you ready to get going? We're going to go to the Gospel of John. So if you'll turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And you might as well stay with your Bible open to John. We're going to spend a little time there this morning. At one part of the service, we're going to have communion. So uh, we're going to share in celebrating what the Lord has done for us through his death. And sealing it all by his resurrection. Um, yesterday I got to spend some time over at uh, Mount Olive at the Assembly of God Church there as a teacher at the Alabama School of Ministry. So my task was teaching the Pentateuch, Genesis through Deuteronomy, in four hours. So that was a blitzkrieg of information. I, I think people had a headache by the time we got finished, but I gave it... I gave it my best shot. But I'm, I'm, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't worry out too much this morning because this is going to be a short, much, much shorter time. Um, last week we talked about train, that second word in our mission statement, reach, train, sin. This morning I want to talk to you about that third word, sin. And I don't think we can help but think when we hear that word as a mission statement that we're thinking about maybe sending people out from our church to do ministry, right? And, and maybe being part of missionary work, right? That we can help send missionaries to the ends of the earth, uh, give to missions, give to Speed the Light. I mean, I've been in Speed the Light vehicles, rode in one in Russia, you know, with Kirby Riles. It's a great thing. Anything they need, whether it's a motorcycle, they bought boats in the Philippines with all those islands. They... They'll buy motor scooters, bicycles, mules, whatever they need. They're going to give the missionary what they need to get the gospel to the people they're trying to reach. It doesn't matter. Generators that take the, the Jesus film into different places of the country where there's no electricity, fire that thing up, put a screen up there, and people see for the first time a movie, a motion picture, but it's about Jesus dying on the cross for them. Give an altar call, all these people. We were the ones who helped give them those generators. So giving to Speed the Light is not giving to a fund. It's giving to promote the gospel somewhere. So it's why it's always been part of my monthly budget, Speed the Light, from as far back as I can remember. I want to give to Speed the Light. And I'm glad that there's other people hearing the call of God to do something with your resources that's going to go past this earth. It's going to lay up treasure in heaven, and we're going to find out, we're going to really find out what really meant to God and how much probably it's different than what means to us. Amen? So here we go. Sin is not just sending missionaries and giving to missions. Sending includes us. And when you look at John chapter 1, we're going to connect some dots this morning. And around verse 6... It makes a simple statement. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Two questions. Where did he send John? This is not John the Apostle. This is John the Baptist. There was a man. This is John the Apostle writing about a different man named John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Where 
did the Lord send John? It's not a trick question. People where? Where he lived. See, we think sending is going to, that you have to leave and go somewhere. There was a man sent from God, his name was John, and he was sent where he lived. And in that way, God has sent all of us where we are right now. He may speak some kind of different location to you at some point, to move to another place, go to a different country. But we are all sent. John was sent from God for a purpose. Now, what was that purpose? If you follow the rest of the passage, he came as a witness to testify concerning that light. There's two words already in that statement. We're not even finished with the statement. That has to do with voice. That has to do with speech. And we are connected to John in that way as well. We are called to witness. We are sent to where we're at to witness. John was sent where he was at to bear witness to that light so that through him all might believe. And for me, I, I believe that it's pointing to John, that through John and his witness, all might believe what? He himself was not the light. He came as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. So he, he wasn't the light himself. He came to say light is coming. Light is coming to our dark world so that through what he was doing, people might believe. It hasn't changed for us either, has it? So that what John was saying about Jesus had power in it to reveal that light was coming into their dark world. All might believe that Jesus is the light that shines into their lives and changes them. On down in chapter 1, I'm just going to give you a warning. Stay with me in John. Just keep your Bible open, okay? John 1.29. The next day, this same person, John, sees Jesus. And he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world... This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. So much for us thinking maybe the cousins hung out a little bit. They may have never crossed paths even though they were related. Jesus lived uh, most of his life up in Nazareth, which is Galilee. John lived mainly in Judea. And he says, I myself, I did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And in, rela in reality, to himself. He didn't know who it was. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me the one who sent him was God. The one who sent me, God, who sent me, he says, 
to baptize with water told me. Told him what? The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I have testified that this is God's chosen one. Later on, John is baptizing. Later on in chapter 1, he's baptizing. And there was a little bit this thing about comparison. And Jesus has now been launched into ministry, and he and his disciples, or mainly his disciples, are baptizing. So you got John baptizing people, and now Jesus is over here, and his followers are baptizing people. And somebody comes to John and says, you know, the person that you recognize, he's competing with you. They didn't say that. But look at verse 26. This is John 3, verse 26. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. You're losing your crowd, John. And to this is what John replied. A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but I am sent. There's that sending culture again, that sending nature, that theme. I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine. He said, I have joy right now because I'm witnessing the culmination of my purpose. And it's now complete. He must become greater and I must become less. One translation that he says, I must decrease in order for him to increase. This is a great model for us and we're going to go into communion right now and we're going to get ready to serve everybody so as they're they're going this is this is this is the kind of fast we're going when alicia chloe says we need to fast more than just from food we need to fast some things like comparison she even says that or how about fasting from complaining how about fasting from criticizing? Now, I know the Lord is going to convict me when I'm driving about this, when I'm on the road, because I'm already starting to get convicted when I, you know, there's a word I, I wish I didn't use it as much as the word idiot. I, I shouldn't use it, but before I, before I realize it, it comes out. So, see, I, I need to decrease there. I need to decrease that because that is not good. I don't think I'm under the anointing of the Lord when I say that. I'm under the anointing of Charles Lynn when I say that. But there's all kinds of things that God is going to show us over the next 40 days as to where we need like John. John did not get, get offended by that idea and somebody was quick to point out to him, you know, your crowd that you're preaching to is getting smaller 
And the crowd listening to Jesus is getting larger. And John says, great. That's what I came to do. I came to get less involved so that he can be more involved. Now, Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. And I really wanted to celebrate. I, I even looked at the um, schedule of Mass over at Holy Spirit. And I was going to go attend one just to watch it. And they had them way too early for me by the time I looked. But I, I really believe that there's something to us approaching the resurrection of Jesus and the death of Jesus in a way that we want to be more serious about what it means in our lives. And this represents the death of our Lord. The cup represents his blood. The bread represents his body. And what I want us to do, we're going to serve just like we did last time. This section is going to be served by Larry and Abby. And as you come by, instead of ashes, we're going to put some oil on your forehead as we're going to dedicate you over the next 40 days to get closer to the Lord. And we're going to pray that each one of us, I want to get closer to Him. Man, the worship service just messed me up. I was like, I hope I can collect myself to preach. The presence of God is in this house. And God wants us closer. He wants us closer. He wants to draw us near Him. So this section will be served. And what, what uh, if you'll... If you'll come near the center aisle, Larry and Abby, so that they can come down the center aisle and go that away. And we'll start with the front row. And you can just serve the colors right there. But uh, if you will now just from the front rows on each section, come and come down the center aisle and go this way on all four sections. And we're going to have communion together. Just pause and let them anoint you with oil. This is to dedicate ourselves to becoming closer to the Lord over the next 40 days. This is setting apart the next 40 days beginning tomorrow for the Lord to increase in our lives and that we would decrease so that He could increase. You may be seated. We're not finished, okay? We're not finished. The Lord's not finished. The books are out there, 40 Days of Decrease. The book is also available at Amazon in a Kindle format. So it's for, I think, $8.99 at Amazon. So you that like to use Kindle. There is a, a writing area. If you get that, you, you'll have to either make your devotional notes <clears throat> on your apparatus, your iPad, whatever you're using, or have a pad. But we're going to be reading the same passages of Scripture for 40 days and seeking God. So I'm excited about launching this tomorrow. John 12, 44, got a few more verses I want to take you to. Jesus said this, which links everything together. Think about this. John 12, 44. Whoever believes in me does not believe in me, does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. Isn't that interesting? Same thing that he told the disciples. You see me, you've seen the Father. So if you receive Jesus, 
And you believe in him. You're not just believing in him only, but you're believing in the one who sent him. In the upper room, chapter 13, after he's begun to serve the disciples, washing their feet, in verse 20, he says this, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send, now he's talking about he's the one sending. He talks about him being the one sent. But now he's talking about whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me. You see the connection? He said, if, if I send you and they receive you, they're in essence receiving me. But it gets better. And whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. So there's this connection from the Father to the Son to us. And as we are the reaching agent, the sent people of God, and people respond to that, there's this flow back to the Father. They receive our witness, they receive Jesus, and in essence receive the Father through Jesus. The prayer in John 17 <clears throat> highlights this theme even more so about Jesus being sent and how it relates to the disciples. Of course, he's praying, praying primarily for the disciples here. In verse 6, he said, I have revealed, he's praying to the Father, I have revealed you, Father, to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. In believing him, they believed that the Father had indeed sent Jesus. In verse 15, he says, My prayer is not that you... Well, this is pretty, pretty good here. Hold on. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. That's what a lot of people are praying right now. <laughs> Lord, get us out of this mess. Get us out of this old broken world. That's not the prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples. He said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world. What's there? I have sent them into the world. Verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus is the ultimate one that is sent. Sent by the Father to communicate to people that there's hope for their lives. You know, no matter who we talk to, no matter who we intersect with in life, whether it's incidental, just by chance, we're all in a broken world. And every person that's alive is broken in some way. And Jesus came, if you remember when he stood in his own hometown synagogue and he read from Isaiah 61, 
He said, the spirit of the sovereign God is upon me to preach the good news to the poor, and he has sent me to proclaim freedom. The sending of Jesus into this world, and he in turn sends us, not necessarily to change locations, but to do his purpose where we are. And it doesn't end here. John chapter 20. And Brandon, you come to the platform, praise team. That day that Jesus was raised from the dead, he appears to Mary Magdalene. And she sees two angels in that sepulcher. And she's, she's wanting to know what happened to the body of Jesus. And Jesus appears to her, and he, she doesn't recognize him until he calls her by name, Mary. And she says, Rabboni, which means my teacher. He tells her to go and tell the disciples. And she goes and tells them, I have seen the Lord. And that evening, this is where this passage is at. This is verse 19. That evening... Jesus appears to them and reinforces what she had already told them, that he was indeed alive. And he said to them when he appeared to them, Peace be with you. Verse 20, after he said this, he showed them his hands, he showed them his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, catch this, Peace be with you. It's kind of interesting. Angels appear to people and they say, don't be afraid. <laughs> Jesus appears and says, it's okay. Shalom. Shalom Aleichem. They knew what that meant. That was the greeting in Hebrew. He's greeting them. This is good. We're together. <laughs> it's not bad. This is good. And he says, peace be with you. And as a father, listen to what he says next. As a father has sent me, I am sending you. Same, same sending? You mean in the same dynamic the father sent the son? Jesus is turning around and said, I'm sending you? But he didn't stop there, did he? And with that, he breathed on them. And said, receive the Holy Spirit. He's still not finished. Because the next statement is going gonna, gonna, it's gonna to kind of make you think the rest of the day. Because he says, as the Father sent me to bring the message of forgiveness of sins, I'm going to send you, and you receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. Am I reading that right? And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, you can go home and mull that over. And I don't think you'll ever come to like a settled thing as to what that really means. Other than Jesus is pulling us into the purpose of the Father, into the work of forgiveness, and it's as though he's saying, we have a part in people discovering forgiveness. By our obedience, we can bring people to a state of being reconciled to God. Isn't that what 2 Corinthians 5 says? 
that we are now ambassadors, his representatives, and we pray in Christ's stead in place of Jesus being here, what do we say? Be reconciled to God. What a great message. We have, we have the authority to tell people they can be reconciled to God. It seems like he's saying, you are the voice. John the Baptist is not the voice anymore. He said, I'm making you the voice. I'm, this, I'm bringing upon you the call to go. I'm sending you out into the world. I'm not going to bring you in from the world so that you can have a nice, peace, cozy little life with no problems. He said, I'm going I'm to pray that you'll be protected from the evil one, but go on his turf. Go where he's doing all kind of havoc, and you declare to them there's an answer to those problems. And there's forgiveness of their sins. We might not ever be sent to another continent, but you are sent here. And I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about where you're at, where you live. The people next door to you, you are sent to them. You are sent to every person you encounter. There is a prospect for God to use you as he did John the Baptist and not point people to us or to the church, but to point them to Jesus so that they can discover what it's like to be forgiven, which is a great, great experience, isn't it? Stand with me this morning. Lord, I just pray a lot of people in this room will accept being sent. As Martha shared, sometimes we step over the broken right here at our feet in order to send the gospel to another continent. We don't have to make a choice as to which one we can do both. We can be sent, and we are sent right here. We can partner with the McLeans and with the Smocks, the Marbots, and be thankful that we are connected to them. But we're sent here. We're sent to that high school that students attend. We're sent to this campus at Shelton in Alabama, Stillman. We're sent to this city. We're sent to our neighborhoods. We're sent to our co-workers. We're sent to our relatives and our acquaintances. We are sent to them to be your voice. Lord, as we designate tomorrow to start this 40 days, I'm asking that we would have a greater sense of being sent and that we today will accept that commission.